0: Welcome to Security Today. I am your host, Uncle Bear. This uh, podcast is brought to you by Sprinter Business Solutions, and we are back for another bid to bank episode. You can uh, you saw our first episode, and we're going to just keep rolling with uh, guys out there that are grinding away with their own companies and doing their own thing. And so we want this podcast to really come in and kind of hit that project lifecycle so that you can walk away with some nuggets you know, that you can implement in your own strategies just to be the better tech and be the better company. So this week uh, we got Mick from Trican Security, uh, one of my good friends. He's in the Trican gang gang, if you know, you know. Um, but yeah, we've, we've known each other since through the Tech Knowledge Worldwide community. And we had the opportunity to um, get on a charity project together and just kind of hit it off there. So I wanted to have him on because yeah, he's one of the guys that I see doing some of the cleanest work out there. kind of having the truest and purest heart, so I wanted to get him on here and just kind of run through what he does in that bid to bank. If you remember from seeing our first episode, we're gonna go through um, a couple of questions that just kind of touch on marketing and sales, uh, touch on the bid, engineering and quoting, the project management of projects, the customer experience, the bank, how you deposit and how you run the money side of it, and then the humbling question of what can we do better and the bonus question uh, of, and and we'll get to that when we get to that. But Mick, thanks so much for being here, man. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I've been dying to do these video podcasts for a while now, so I'm really glad that you're my you're my runner up here to get in and uh, get on this podcast with me. But why don't you just tell the listeners uh, kind of how you got into security, like what what your company is and, and what you do, and uh, just kind of a little bit of an intro.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, Bear? Thanks for having me. Cause I've actually been a listener of yours for a while before we even, you know, formally got to work together and really, you know, learned each other and, and met each other formally. But um, it's kind of cool that I listened to your stuff and now, you know, I'm I'm on this podcast with you this time. So i it's happy about that. Happy when you asked me to come on here.
0: Definitely.
1: Uh, so I, I'm 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 owner operator Trican Security. Um, we're running out of, you know, the Baltimore, Maryland area, you know, the whole DMV. Um, so we operate and we, we specialize in surveillance, access control, intrusion, uh, do a little bit of structured cabling as well, but, uh, that's kind of where, where we cut our teeth. So it's been, it's probably five years of, you know, uh, existence for the company and, uh, making progress. It's growing every year. And, uh, Everything's getting better, and and we're getting into more complex stuff, uh, more of the. Um, I, I call it kind of niche areas. You know, there's a lot of people that do this thing, but there are not a lot of people who can do that. So that's kind of kind of where our specialty is. Some of the some of that like, oh, I, I can't do it, but I know a guy. So that that's kind of where we fit in. Right on. How'd you get into it? So originally my my original background is a software developer right I was a solutions architect for a while and uh buddy of mine he was in he was into physical security he's doing a lot of installs he's he's my hard hat guy you know that's why I tell people he's my hard hat guy <laughs> and uh he's he started you know talking to me about it and I started to look into it and it was making sense and I've always been a, a hands-on kind of person so being a software architect was kind of like Boring you know so after a while it was like you know this is like the best of both worlds i can keep my it and keep those dirty fingernails so that's kind of what led me towards down this path and you know i don't look back i I, i've enjoyed the ride and it's fun to me you know to, to to see things come together to build them with your own hands you know and also you know i for instance today i'm i spent my morning troubleshooting uh some products that were lost on a network. So, you know, that's, that's, it it just brings those two worlds together for me. So, and I like it. I like what I do. And I like, I like the security part of it because it helps people. And I've always had that, you know, that, that little soft spot for helping people and security does help people. I don't, I, I, there's no other way to say it. You know, you come in and some of these clients, they'll talk to you about all the bad things that have happened to them. And you just can't help but think, you know what? I got, I can help you. I can do something for you. We can fix this.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's, that's one of the reasons I want to have you on here, just because that's kind of the heart of the podcast. I try to push through every episode that, you know, we're, we're on a level when you're implementing security, you're on a level out there that you're actually helping people and keeping people safe. And, um, it matters, you know, I, I did. AV for a long time and that was like the coolest stuff that you could imagine, you know, inter- interconnecting it and programming it and having, you know, screens roll down and theater mode and the lights drop and everything like that. But uh, it, there's just a niche uh, in security, you know, just that corner in my heart that gets filled up when you know that you're putting, you know, access control in place where maybe a, like, like a vagrant or a stra- straggler or someone coming into the office that's being followed or anything like that they can get to a safe space. Um
1: and that matters, man.
0: That matters. So I'm glad you're on yeah. here. But let's get go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, I mean I,
1: I, you know, if I could do it for free, I might,
0: but you <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. Bill's gotta get paid. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, let's get into the interview. So from bid to bank we, we like to start right there at the top of marketing and sales. And I just love to hear how different guys kind of come into the work that they come into. And so what form of marketing um, have you kind of had most success with? You've been doing it for five years now. That's that's no chump change, man. You've seen your ups and downs. And can you kind of describe a project maybe in the last year or something that you used that marketing approach that, that's your favorite um, to kind of get a hold of?
1: You know, I'm still struggling with the whole marketing thing. I'll be real honest with you. So I've tried different things from from direct mail to email blast to uh, paying for leads. And I would say this, the one thing that really works is good work. And mm-hmm. I, what I say by that is it's word of mouth. That's the only thing that has really brought it in for me. And, and, and I'm still investigating other ways to get it, but usually I get that call or I hand, I'll, you know, handle a big deal. It's because somebody told somebody else, that's your guy.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. So, I mean, I've done the other things, buying leads, uh, you know, advertising, Uh, website traffic is very, very slow. I mean, it's just. I mean, yeah, you can put up a website, you can do your best, you can SEO optimize it. But at the end of the day, you know, our kind of customer isn't really just Googling, right? They're not Googling. It's too important to just Google it. So um, and then you find other clients through do like I find a few from paid leads, but they're real hit or miss. Right. Because, you know you buy the lead and then all of a sudden this person is like, Oh yeah, I want to put some ring cameras up. It's like, <laughs> not, not the guy for that. You know? yeah, yeah. It's already too late. But, um, and I, and I think that's kind of where I fit in really, because, you know, it's usually somebody calling in and saying, you know, I got rid of something out of the box. I got something difficult. I got delayed egress mag locks plugged into an alarm system, plugged into this plugged into that. And I was like, I need to keep it going. You know, my last guy, he was a referral. And, you know, he he, he, he actually knew access control, right? And he knew access control. And I, and I really took pride in working with him because he was one of those guys out there in the field installing. But he got this thing and he was like, I don't know where to make heads or tail of this. Like, I, I opened up the wall and it was a complete rat's nest. You know what I mean? Like, he was like, and I wanted to call somebody who was not going to tear, tear the whole building apart who just work on this and understand it and bring it to life. So, you know, I've done a lot of marketing, but I would still say, you know, I don't really get my real customers, my, my big ones, except through word of mouth. And maybe that's part of the slow growth of everything, but it's just where it is. You know what I mean? I, that's mm-hmm. that's that's how I eat, you know? And, it's, and when I say it's work, right? Because it's not just wow, that guy, you know, is fast or he's cheap. It's like, no, he figures this stuff out. Mm. The the installs are clean. The finished product is good. I don't have problems with it. You want to go there.
0: Yeah, it's like that. So you're saying it's like that gumption to tackle a big problem. And then when you can find that solution, getting someone out of a jam like that is more gold than any sort of like percent. ad or anything. 100%. You can yeah.
1: spend thousands on leads and Facebook ads and all this stuff. I mean, cause I was at one point I was doing Google ads and, and they really turned me off because at first, you know, they get you on the phone. It's like, Oh yeah, maybe $11 a click. Okay. I could work with that. Then when I got the bill one day, it was like $180 a click. And I was like, "Wait a second, 180 dollars a kick." And then they started getting into the, like, "Well, it's the algorithm." And and me from a programmer, right? I'm an I'm an ex software guy. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. You totally. tell me the word algorithm, you just told me you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. If you tell me all oh, it's the algorithm, it's like, yeah. So you tell me you don't even understand what you're selling, and you can't tell me, you can't explain it to me. So that was like a key word for me. So I was out of that. That it was only a few days and. You know, they rung up a couple hundred dollars worth of bills and that was it. I was like, you know what? I'm done with this because it was, you know, a click is not a sale. It's right. really not. So right. I, I'm out of that game. Um, and then it was just, I got back to what I did best and it was like word of mouth. Right. And I call up my old clients. Hey, you know, what can I do for you? Mm. You know, it's just, what can I do for you? And it's not, I'm trying to make sales. It's like, tell me about what's going on. Tell me how I can help.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. So when you get those word of mouths and someone calls you up and they're like, hey, you know, I know this guy, he used you guys and you really helped him out. I need you to quote this job or I have this problem. Um, what, what sort of, do you use quoting software? Or do you just kind of go off the top of your head or how, how do you approach that when you got to build so, a quote? So on the spot,
1: I'll ballpark them, right? Mm-hmm. On the spot. And ballpark is not, you know, this is a rough number. I'll give you a range. You know, I, if I go sit down there and you got this many cameras, I'll tell you, Hey, this, this might be about 140 K. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Just, just for instance. And then when I get back, I'll tell them, you know, let me run the numbers. And for me, it's a spreadsheet. Like I told you, I'm, I'm an ex nerd. So, yeah, yeah. Really so I have really complicated spreadsheets. So I kind of just bring in my, my pricing on products and, I I have a process, right? So if it's a camera, that means it's got several things associated with every camera. So it's the price of the camera. It's the markup that I put on the price of the camera. It's the cost to cable, which is my generic cost for that type of cable. I mean, this day and age, Cat 6 is everything, right? So if I tell you, hey, it costs me uh, $150 per drop right? Well, a camera is a drop. We'll throw that in there. You know, whatever your price is, plenum is different. There's all kinds of things and price of cable changes all the time, but you get your price for cable, right? Mm -hmm. So a camera is a camera, the markup on the camera, the price I make on a drop, that's the one, the cable. And then, you know, are we talking wall mounts? Are we exterior junction boxes? And then software licensing. And then Mm -hmm. I add in a generic... I call it my per port fee, right? And that's my switching. So, okay. you know, camera needs a switch. So per port fee, you know, you add in X number of dollars and say, okay, based on if I get a 48 port switch for a grand, then 48 ports is what? 50 something bucks. So per port, you're paying probably about, you know, 40, $50, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you price out your switching you know that it's just all the pieces all the pieces to the puzzle so you know when somebody sees the final price and they're like well that camera was this much money and it's like okay well you need a software license you need cabling you need right. wall mounts you need you know a switch to power it it's like when i tell you it's roughly this much per camera it's really that's that's a loaded price what i you know that's everything So, and then I kind of span that out to be whatever it is. So if it's a 16 camera job and all 16 cameras are about the same, you know, work out that price once and multiply it by 16.
0: Now, did you sit, do you sit down and like kind of figure out those averages and memorize those numbers? Or is it just from experience of doing it that you kind of got a ballpark in your head?
1: I got a spreadsheet. I mean, yes, I haven't. Like, I've done the averages. Like, okay, a, a camera for this system cost me about X number. A cam, you know, embedded NVR versus um, a v, a full VMS versus cloud. I'm still dabbling in cloud. I'm only new to the cloud this, not this year, but within the last calendar year, right? So right. the cloud, I'm, like I do cam cloud and I do Ava right now. So those mm-hmm. are my two cloud offerings and they're different. They fit different bills, right? Cam cloud is good. If you just want to strictly put your data on the cloud and your VMS in the cloud, really simply Ava's just huge, robust, you know, and they're obviously the they cost way different, um, but that that's it. And then and I keep the spreadsheet, right? So basically when I get back from a client, say, you know, for instance, I just had a meeting on Tuesday, had a meeting with a client, I gave him the ballpark, I got back down, went into the spreadsheet, kind of went through and I said, you know, I need five of these, five of those, three of these, three of those, 45 of those. And then it just kind of calculates that for me because I know the fixed cost, right? I know what per per switch, I know the cabling costs, I know this, I know that. And then I just kind of like, I add the miscellaneous items. So at the end of it, so once I say, I need these many cameras, these models, Right, because I have it down by models. These models, boom, 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 boom. Using this VMS, use those license prices, boom, 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 boom. And then you get down to the bottom and it's like, okay, how much conduit are we talking? Right? Because those are the variables. The yeah, conduit. Definitely. You know, the miscellaneous. Do I need to bring a new rack? Do I need to bring that? So then I add those at the end. And then all of a sudden you got yourself a final price.
0: Mm. Now, do you add a buffer on a quote? just as a like oh shoot or i you know needed new drill bits or something like that
1: yeah yeah so the drill bits i i I throw in as a miscellaneous right depending on the job but you know i i I mean this job is looking at marble brick you know just hundred year old stuff so yeah i'm gonna chew up some bits so you had a few hundred dollars depending on the size and scope of the job i did a job for um it was a military agency and they were creating these special like server boxes mm-hmm. and it was really hard steel. So, you know, I had to throw in, you know, 80 bucks, new bits, you know, and then they even questioned me about it. They said, what, what is this, you know, miscellaneous fee? And I told them flat out, I said, you know, you got hardened steel here. I'm going to chew up my bits and I'm going to buy new bits and
0: you're going to pay for them. And they were <laughs> like, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Deal. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> is, there, move on. is there a portion in the bid that you are flexible on? Like if you're looking to win a sale, do you flex on like labor or flex on maybe your markup on a product or maybe that miscellaneous category? Well, see, I always bid. And,
1: and this is where people like, you know, I, I try to, in our industry, you want to make 20% on the job. That's mm-hmm. what you want to make. You want to make twenty percent. Some people do even better. Some people make up to forty. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you get into that forty, then the guy making twenty is always going to be able to cut into you, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's at, you got to pick where you're comfortable with. And my market is very competitive because there's a lot of guys out there. They're just they're just pushing the cheapest stuff they can, and they'll just hit you with. And you look at the the cost, and it's like. I mean, I've gone against people doing, you know, thirty-five dollar drop labor. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't touch that. I yeah. can't touch it. You know, I wouldn't even get out of the truck for that for that price. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. um, it, it's just a matter of you know, just just set the set setting what you can be comfortable with, and and going with that. And I try to make things as competitive as possible. So usually when I get back to it, and they're like, well. I need you to cut $10,000 off. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, take a camera off. I mean, what are you asking me here? Like, this is, this is lean. This is lean. Mm -hmm. i do my best to try to make it lean. You know, it's not like I'm making 40, 50% markup on these jobs. They've already been discounted. So Mm -hmm. usually it's a negotiation. And in the end, I tell them basically, you know, well, what are you willing to sacrifice? Because if you want, you want to pay less, what, what don't you want? Yeah, And then we wind up back at the original number when I tell them like, you know, well, let's take some cameras off. Well, I got to have those. Well, okay.
0: (laughs) Right, right. So once you win that bid, then you kind of move into now you're going to manage the life of that project. So once you've won it and you accept it, what are kind of your first three steps in starting that project after the bid's been accepted? Okay. So bid's been accepted.
1: We move on to contract. So the contract goes into much more detail about what i am going to deliver based on what standards yada 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 right so all the assumptions that were made the discussions it goes into my contract so they have to sign my contract and upon and upon signature of the contract you're going to basically um you're going to pay half down that's my 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 uh my process, right? Big projects, you're gonna pay fifty percent up front and then you're gonna put, you know, another fifty upon completion. If it's a long standing contract, meaning, you know, we're moving several months, right? Then we may do increments after that. But usually the fifty percent can really get you started, get your materials rolling and, and can start the project, right? Because I'm, I mean, I'm not going to go out there and start spending, you know, a hundred grand on equipment of my own money. You know, I'm going, you, you got to put up, you got to pony up something. So I I wait for a check.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's good. Um, So then from a project management standpoint, you're managing the project and that, so your first step is the contract. What kind of comes after that? You gather the materials?
1: yeah gathering the materials so what i do is i you know schedule what kind of help i need so i got a couple of guys and then there's more guys that i kind of like bring on as needed kind of my 1099s my part-timers you know they they would love to work with me more it's just they've got other engagements or they have a full time and they're just kind of moonlight with me Mm -hmm. um so I kind of line that up, line up all the labor, you know, who I need to bring in for the job. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's some TKW guys. So I'll bring yeah. those. I mean, I love them. You know, those are my guys. I know what kind of, I know what I'm getting when I bring them. Right. Um, so I'll bring, I'll, I'll, you know, line up the labor. Then I'll go ahead and get the materials and then we do a, a breakdown, which is a, a one, a one time, you know, we'll go ahead and, and, um, uh, walk through the building one last time, confirm all the, you know, camera placements, the doors, this and that. You know, sometimes we'll put stickies on them. We'll, sometimes we'll put labels inside the jams just so when we come back, we know exactly these are the doors. You know what I mean? There's no confusion. There was one scenario where I had my guy go out there and he put access control on the wrong door. Like the whole door. Did the whole thing. It was beautiful, but it was the wrong door.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So... <laughs> I was like oh so that's why we kind of label the doors now like maybe just a little sticker inside the jam nobody knows it but when my guys go right they see oh okay yes this is the right door um fortunately that scenario turned out well because she was like oh well i was going to do that door anyway in the next phase so yeah, yeah. let's just do it now and call it a <laughs> It's, like, great. Yeah. it's great. so if, it's great.
0: if you had like your perfect setup the job gets accepted How long do you like to have before you have to step on site? Like a couple weeks?
1: I like two weeks. I I tell everybody, you know, two weeks and more than likely I'm not on a huge back order. Now, obviously the last three years have completely ruined some processes, but I typically (laughs) tell people it's about two weeks to get your stuff right now. Things are getting better. It depends on the item. Like if I know they're asking for you know, something with Mercury hardware, I'm like, uh cr- cross your fingers, or Perio, yeah. oh my god, then the Perio job, it was 48 weeks out, Oh, it was just outrageous, you know, so yeah. there are some things that are still nuts, but uh, for the most part, I tell people, you know, two weeks, right, if it's an in-stock item, two weeks, so that gives me a week to get it, that gives me I usually could get it within a week, and then that gives me a week to schedule out the labor, schedule people to get ready, kind of mobilize them and say, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, show them the prints. We go through like a rundown of this is what it's gonna take to do this job. You know, a couple meetings ahead of time with the
0: guys, and then by the second week, we're ready to execute. Mm. Yeah, right on. Awesome. So, kind of moving from the project management into like customer experience, and I like to touch on this one when I go through bid to bank, because I feel like sometimes we get caught up in the day to day and it's like, okay, next project schedule, guys go out there, get more work, this and that and the other. And it can be easy to forget the customer in it. It can just be kind of this mill that turns out, you know, projects. So from a customer experience, can you talk to the listeners about maybe one thing that you feel is is most important when it comes to that customer experience?
1: Yeah, um, for me, it's the communication with the customer.
0: Mm. It's
1: it's communication with the customer. So, like if I'm doing a camera job, I'll we have a, a a a a step in our process. We call it final focusing, right? That's back from the old days when you actually
0: Had focused to, yeah, them. Yeah. But Had to final
1: focusing this day and age is having my customer look at the view and confirm it Mm. right so when we're putting up cameras when we get into that stage final focusing it's us on the ladders and them either on their mobile app or on a browser saying you know little left little right i like it lock it in you know Mm. what i mean so that's kind of that 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 really has helped because I I don't like that scenario where they're calling you later and they're like, well, this isn't seeing what I wanted it to see. It's like, no, I want you to be completely satisfied with this. Let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. Let's test it. Let's test everything right now. And also, you know, being upfront with the customer about those little things, right? Because, you know, you don't always see exactly what you need when you do your walkthroughs. Right. Um, So, Having them like I'm showing them the door. I'm doing the 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 closing test, the infamous health test on the door, the five Mm -hmm. seconds, and I'm telling them like this is this is this is a problem. You don't want to you don't want this, right? So just going through everything, showing them. You know I'm calling them, talking to them. I'm sending updates. So every week or two, I'm giving them an update. I'll give them. You know I usually keep the full task list of the whole project. So I'll go down the list. And I'll put percentages and I only do 25, 50, 75, hundred that I'm not trying to get into, you know, I'm 33% done. Like, yeah, yeah. no, I now give them the door and then, and, and, and I'll put at the top, all the ones that are a hundred percent at the top. So it's kind of like, I would say descending order in the completion percentage and they get a real snapshot of, you know, what, what am I looking at? How much are we, you know, how much is done? And so I like to keep them informed. Right. I don't like. If they have to reach out to me, I did something wrong. If they have to reach out and say, hey, how are we doing? I did something wrong because mm-hmm. I tried like over-communicate. It's like, hey, this is where your project stands today. This is what's done. This is what's to be done. And these are maybe the, you know, these 18 card readers that you asked for, they haven't even been delivered yet. So that's just, we call that there's a blocker. So, you know, don't expect those. So that way when they get... Because everybody has a has somebody they report to. So when they have to report to, to you know their shareholders or, or the board or whoever it is that cut the check, they know exactly where they stand and they don't need to be pestering me. Hey, I need to know where you are with this. And no, mm-hmm. you already know where you
0: are. Know. Right. And right. that helps.
1: They they, they they enjoy it, they respect it, and they like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice, man. Because I, I feel like we forget the customer and we can get – hung up in it. And especially from a communication perspective, it's really key to the customer's overall experience, how communicative you are. And sometimes we get a little shy on bad news, like those readers didn't show up or we put access control on the wrong door (laughs) or something like that. But overcoming that shyness and just being upfront with the customer and almost like just not being scared to be in front of the customer. I, I feel like some guys, especially when they're newer or maybe they're just like running out of a van and they're a smaller shop. Like they might feel like I'm going to get in front of a customer, I'm going to sell it. And now I just got to get it on, but it's okay to get back in front of the customer and be like, Hey, how's it going? I just wanted to let you know, this is where we're at. This is how far we've gotten. We had one little, you know, blocker that this isn't going to come in for another week, but don't worry because we're, you know, we're still on time or something like that. So yeah, that's really good. Um, Moving from that customer experience, now we've kind of made it through the project. Everything's looking good. They like the views, everything like that. You come to the bank. Now you you kind of told us you run that that half up, and then you know half at completion. That's how I ran when I was doing my stuff. Um, it just makes makes it so that you have more. You know, you don't have to flow cash or anything like that to get a job started. Um, Is there a payments like software you use or um, how do you usually collect money? Because that can sometimes be a hurdle depending on percentages or, you know, stuff like that.
1: Straight cash, homie.
0: (laughs) In a briefcase at night. (laughs) Yeah. Cash is obviously still king.
1: Yeah. No, I, 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 I can't even tell you the last time I accepted straight cash, but so <laughs> I, I prefer a check. And if it's not a check, if it's like card or something, then I got to, I got to hit you with those three and a half because mm-hmm. they hit me with it. Right. You know what I mean? Cause you're talking about an industry where, you know, you're trying to make 20% on the job. Well, if I lose three and a half to you and then, you know, then I'm down to 17, uh, 16 and a half. And you know, so you just, it tears you up, right? I mean, you are running a business. So that's a cost and it's not my cost, it's your cost. You decided to pay with a credit card or whatever it is. Right. So, but um, yeah, prefer, prefer a check. Now checks are slow. There are some ACH um, options that I use. Um, QuickBooks is, you know, perfect for that. You know, they do the ACH and uh, credit card for you. And uh, the good thing is, is they balance all the books and the credit card fees and they just know how to do it. So that's been real easy. Uh, I use other processors and it just wasn't worth my time. You know, me trying to balance everything, they send you a separate statement and you know, you're paying out your credit card fees, you're putting in journal transactions. I'm not a bookkeeper, QuickBooks could do it.
0: Right, yeah. Do you you use QuickBooks?
1: I do, QBO.
0: Yeah. How's, how's your experience been with that? Because I used QuickBooks as well when I was running stuff. And it, it was all right. It was great on the front end of it, doing all of that stuff. But when I needed tech support or when I needed to know this or that, I had a little trouble with it. But that's not to say that it's not a great product.
1: QuickBooks Online is a really great product. So I switched. I had a different software. I was using something called Wave Accounting for a while. And mm-hmm. it was great. It was a great system. It worked. Um, they even had credit card processing for you, but they didn't do job costing. And that was one of those things Like I talked to, I have a, I have an outside accountant. So I talked to my accountant and he's, he's a big construction guy, right? He only will take construction clients. He doesn't mm-hmm. take anybody else. So he kind of knows the game really well from his side of things.
0: Do you recommend and, uh, that? Like looking for an accountant that is specialized like that?
1: Yes. Yes, because there's a lot of things in our field that are different. The whole work in prog- work in progress and payables, you know what I mean? Cuz it's not, we're not we're not selling TVs here. So yeah, yeah. the job could take you months and months and months. And those months could span your accounting periods. So it gets really messy when okay, I invoice this guy for 180 grand, but so far only 40 of it has become invoiceable because you know so how do you balance that i I only invoice you for 40 for where's the hunt? where's the other 140 well that's kind of account you know so he knows that stuff he works with construction firms and he's all into the expenses of it i mean he's smart dude man but he 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 geeks out on it and i love it i love it because he knows this stuff really well so i got hooked up with him and uh been using them ever since. So he was kind of schooling me and he was like, well, what's your, what's your job profitability? And I was like, I have no idea. And then he was like, you need to do job costing. And I was like, yes, I need to do job costing. So that's why I switched as of 2023. I switched to QuickBooks online because they do job costing too. And Can you I'll tell you what, what,
0: for our listeners, what job costing?
1: Sure. So that job costing kind of just puts a bubble around each job. So if I have like I, I bought materials. So when I buy the materials when I get the bill, I assign them to a project. Mm. So if this delayed egress maglock system was for this client, well, I'm gonna take the bill and say, okay, this bill is attributed to this client's project is delayed egress maglocks. And then so the the invoice gets attributed to it, the man hours gets attributed to it. The uh, materials, etc. So everything gets attributed to that particular project or job. So at the end of the day, I could look back at the job and say, "Okay, the job paid ten grand, six thousand materials. You know, three thousand was labor, and a thousand was profit." So you could look at each job and so- see how each job is doing. You know, because we are business owners and if you're being a, a good steward of the, of the customers, you know, money, you're not going to just be running back. Like if I made a design mistake, I made that mistake. I eat it. You know what I mean? So when you, right. you, you can see how well you're doing in terms of estimating and execution, right? Cause it's both, if you, you got to estimate properly and you got to execute properly. If you don't, then you wind up your job costs get a little too high your profits suffer, or even you go red. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like um, the early warning system, right? And a lot of accountants and people who are lenders, they wanna see that kind of stuff. They wanna see, okay, well, how are you doing with your jobs? Are you staying profitable? And if you're not, then they have to go back to those two two factors. Are you estimating properly? And are you executing properly, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it really is a measure of efficiency the way i see it right because you got to do those two things correctly in order to stay profitable stay in business keep the doors open so job costing really opened my eyes to a lot of things um funny enough i mean i, I it opened my eyes that i was doing a great job at it and I, I didn't even think i was doing a good job i was thinking well i'm doing all right and then he you know went through the numbers with me he was like compared to the rest of the industry so you're doing great he said you're probably either executing great or you know estimating great or both you know yeah so
0: awesome it, it
1: gives you that knowledge it gives you really gives you that knowledge and insight to know that you know are you doing this exactly the way you planned on it
0: right right well uh every episode i like to get to the humbling question and uh that's this ain't this ain't hard for you you're you're a humble dude and and you got a you got a noble heart, man. But I like to sometimes get guys on here that I can ping them with a humbling question when they the numbers might seem a little inflated. <laughs> but um no, you're good, man. And that like this is the type of content that I, I want because I, I feel like I'm learning a little bit and like I want the people who are listening to learning. So what's like one area in this process from bid to bank that maybe you feel like you could get a little bit better at?
1: Yeah, it's sales for me. It's sales. You know, I I, I always have. You know, I've, I've been reading books. Well, I'm lying. <laughs> listening to audio books. Yeah, that's all
0: we about do about about now, man.
1: <laughs> listening to audio books about how to how to get better at that because that's not my trade, right? I'm i I've, I've I've always been the um, hyper focused technician guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm always the hyper focused technician guy. So I'm thinking about how to solve it, how to fix it, what do I need to do? And I and I don't really have that like that salesman aura where you just come into a room and everybody loves you and they wanna just sign a check. You know <laughs> what I mean? So I'm I've been working on that personally where because that's part of it. You have to sell. I mean, I gotta sell these things. And so far I'm I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm not I'm not breaking the bank, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I think I could be better at that because it's not that I don't have a solution for your problem and Mm -hmm. it's not that I don't have the best price. So you got to look at yourself. Like, am I the best salesman to do the job? Because the best salesman is the guy who usually wins it. Right. And I don't really compete on price because I I can't go that low. There's a Mm -hmm. limit. Right. So if you're going to go lower than that, then I don't want the job. Like, it's just not profitable. Right. So, you got to move on. You know, and there are other people out there who need your help, need your services. So, you just got to, you know, hold your head up and, and keep pushing because uh, you, you are going to lose to the guy doing $35 drops labor. You're going to lose to him all day. I mean, yeah. that, that, you know, yeah, I'd love that job, but I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting down in that mud.
0: Yeah. yeah. You got to know what the quality of your work is. Yeah. And, and take yeah. a little bit of a stand on it.
1: Yeah, that's it. Quality is like, listen, I, I, I bet you my stuff works. And I <laughs> just won't pass a certifier, but, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let me get to that bonus question too. This is, one, this is my favorite question in the podcast because it kind of really opens it up for a lot to draw from for those who are listening in. So kind of based on your experience, um, moving from bid to bank, where would you say the focus is most critical for the completion of the job? Like for the job to just be a home run. In that process, what part is the most critical? What focus is the most critical?
1: I think for, for me it's it's the communication with the customer. Mm. Because, you know, when I, I I don't just do one big acceptance at the end, right? We're not just gonna sit around here and walk around the building and verify you've got seventy five cameras up in these locations and you got 13 doors and you're going to test every single one of them with your card It's like, no, I do, I do milestones. So when we get to a certain point, you know, if I haven't already showed you what we I'll demonstrate, you know, you focus the camera yourself, right? We, We did that together. We focused the camera. So you've already seen that camera. It might even already be on your phone app at this point when it comes to the doors, you know, we've walked around, we've, you know, We've opened and closed them. I let you swipe your card, you know, showed you the logs, you know, set up your accounts. And I think it's that that constant touch, right? The constant touch of, you know, and I also have touch points where I say, is this what you wanted? Right. And that's a powerful question. It's a really powerful question. Some people think it's a stupid question. It's like, oh, you paid for it. Of course you wanted it. No, no, no is this what you wanted? Because there's a factor of what we do as security technicians, where we design it. Right. We design right. it based on what we heard. I might put access control on the door that led from a hallway, but then all of a sudden, you know, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe that hallway doesn't even matter to you. Maybe nobody even uses that hallway. So then that door that you spent all the money on doesn't make sense anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, even though it's a done deal, right? Maybe it's already done. We still want to have that conversation because it's not over. It's not like, hey, I got you to sign it. I installed it and I'm gone. You'll never see me again. No, it's totally different. It's like, no, for me, you're a customer for life. So even though we've done work together and I want to know, did we get it right? Because for me, it's validation because if I made a mistake in the design, I want to know where I went wrong Mm -hmm. because I want to correct it. And if, you know, if it was nobody's fault, maybe just the the usage of the building completely changed over the last six months. Well, let's talk about that too. What can we do to help with your new problems, right? So that constant talking to the customer, making sure that they're happy with what they got. You know, some people are like, oh, you don't want to ask that question because, you know, you might hear the wrong answer. And it's like, no, I do want to hear the wrong answer because if they're not happy, Let's talk about that right now. Let's not get down six months in, you know, I've got 54 doors finished for you. And then you start telling me that they were, you know, not what you wanted. And and, and these people are still being able to get in through these different ways. And so I don't want that. I I want, I want, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it early. You know, there's an old uh, saying when I was doing software, fail early, uh, fail fast and fail early. Mm. Right. Fail fast and fail early, and, and I, I still carry that. Right? It's like if it's something's wrong, let's let's talk about it. Let's fix it right now. Let's not sweep it under the rug. Let's get to it right now. If I can fix it, I will fix it. You know what I mean? So sometimes I will move a door for you. If it was really a mistake on our part, or maybe we just completely messed it up, I'll move that door for you, and we'll we'll move on. And because I want a good customer, I want a happy customer. Like I said, my business is based on, you know, referrals mostly, right? So I bend over for these people because mm-hmm. I want them to have exactly what they paid for, and I want them to be happy, which are kind of two different things. But you got to make sure that conversation blends the two, right? Because you can, I can tell you, you got what you paid for, and turn around and walk out the door, and I'd be right. But then at the same token, I, I don't want that. I want you to be my biggest fan. I want to yeah. leave and say damn, I want that guy to do everything for me. And honestly, it's been that way. It's, it's helped me because I've, I've got some customers, I've gone from doing one building to the whole campus. Mm. And it was because they knew, you know, they could call me and I'd either walk them through it on the phone or I I won't just ghost them, right? I, You know, you can call me and I'll I'll take care of you. I'll help you. If you want need me to get on the phone or do something like that, um, sometimes it's billable, sometimes it's not, it just depends. You know, if it's something easy that I know off the top of my head, yeah, man, just go ahead and go in that room and flick that over and it'll come right back on. You know what I mean? So yes. being, being there. And I, and for me, it's, it's that personal touch that, that personal touch is kind of like the difference between me and everybody else.
0: Right. Yeah. That, that's fantastic, man, because you're right. Like if, if you're doing quality work, then word of mouth is your gold. And if word of mouth is your gold, then you have to ask that question because you need that experience for them to be something that they are going to pass on to their friends or other industries or stuff like that. And I think that, that is that's a great takeaway, man. I, I If anybody stopped the podcast before you just said that, they missed out on the whole thing right there. Because <laughs> they, they You should be asking your your customer, like, did you is this what you wanted? Because we. We push like heavy on this podcast a lot that security is a mindset. And so security starts in the mind. If you're going to put security on a building and you want that person to come out of there feeling secure or the job's not complete, they might get the security. It might actually be a good design and actually secure them more. But if they still are in the building with fear or they're in the building with troubled, uh, you know, experiences or something like that or if they're in the building feeling like they paid for something that they really didn't need, then the job's not complete because they're not secure in their mind. And so to ask them the question, is that what you wanted? Because you gave them what they needed because you're a good tech and you know how to put security in. But did you give them what they wanted? They might be like, well, you know, I we did need this. Yes, but this one feature is something that I really wanted. And then you can mold or shape it into being that feature that they want. And now it's a win-win, you know, because they're walking out of there with what they needed and with what they wanted. So that is, that's gold. That's gold right there.
1: It's, it sets up trust too. And that's another thing that we got to build in this industry because it's security is something you're trusting somebody to do for you. Right. Because I have to trust that what you're doing works, what you're doing is accurate. You know what I mean? So it's, I think it's a big deal in our industry to just have that trust and that trust you know, it, it, it it relates over, right. It keeps going. It's like, okay, that's the guy I trusted with my security. So when you ask me who you should get, that's who I trust. Cause Mm -hmm. I know he's going to install it correctly, get it working correctly and he's going to support it. He's not going to disappear on me. Like I can call him. I have his cell number and if I have a problem, I mean, he might even come out for an emergency call. If I, I mean, I have some clients that call me like literally I'm opening up at 10 o'clock. It's 830. I need your help. Mm. Can you be here? And I'd just be like, you know what? I know that 10 o'clock you open up. I got you. You're 45 minutes away. I'll make it.
0: Yeah, because they trust you. They trust. Yeah.
1: yeah. You can't well, say that for everyone. You can't go to a big box, you know, all of these, right. you know, colorful brands of national security and be like, oh, can I have somebody there now? And they're gonna be like, uh, can you call back during business hours? Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, that that's all my questions. But man, what what good stuff! And I really appreciate you being on this podcast. Um I love that you're one of those, you know, first guys that I got onto the podcast because you have been listening. You've been telling me for a long time. That you appreciate it so um, it's always good to get you know guys on here and kind of give back a little bit now give to the listeners some of those trican gang gang go nuggets that you <laughs> fell out of your mouth today so I really appreciate that um tell tell people where they can find you man because I know that if I was listening to these podcasts there might be someone who I listen to where I'm like man I'd love to pick his brain on something or just shoot him a question or let him know I want to work with him or something like that so where can they find you
1: yeah, I would say the best way to reach me is on Instagram, and go ahead and, and look me up. Trican Security, T-R-I-C-A-N, and uh, I have quite a few people. They'll they'll uh, ask me questions, and I'm happy to help. Like I said, it's not it's community over competition, right? We're all techs, you know. It's not like I'm trying to hoard knowledge to myself. You know, if you want to know it, uh, you can you can find it. I'll, I'll 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 tell it to you. You know you. You show me doors. Sometimes people send me pictures of doors and say, "What would you do?" I answer it. I mean, you know, it's 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 not about hoarding knowledge; it's about sharing it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And they can send you those in that Technology Worldwide Slack chat. So if you guys um, aren't, on, yeah, if you guys aren't on that, check out um, at Technology WW on uh, Instagram, and that's worldwide, baby, because it's the best text, best info, not just in the nation. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we out here doing it. So I thank you, man. Thanks for being here. And uh, that's that's the end of our podcast today. But uh, follow and subscribe, like the podcast, and share it out to your friends, especially this one. It's going to help them. So thanks for being here, man. Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for
1: having me. Thanks for having me, Bear.
0: Oh, I saw your Better Days tech. I meant to mention it at the at the beginning, but that's Tri-Can Gang right there. So, that's yeah. My Jeff, man. That's my man. Yeah, Jeff Day. So, all right, man. Well, thanks for being on. Thank you.